0: In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey
1: Johnson. Wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life's lessons to learn and grow and reaching out to help others struggling through dark times. I tell you what, I have a question for you. How many of you have found yourselves in the most dire and desperate of situations? I mean, feeling as if you are literally knocking on death's door, then without notice, something enters your head that makes you laugh. I'm not sure there would be many of us uh, who can say they've experienced this. My special guest has, and without a doubt, taken the phrase laughter is the best medicine. To a new level. A comedian from New York City, he was hit hard with the coronavirus and thankfully is now about seven weeks in recovery. In the typical fashion of New York toughness, he responded to the affliction like a champion. He's using his strength of comedy to recover from COVID-19. We're going to dive into this great conversation and hear a first person's perspective of what's going on through COVID-19 in this country's epicenter and I'm sure we'll have a few good laughs along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Mr. Bruce Lipsky. Bruce, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here.
0: Thank you so much, Aubrey. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, hopefully share what I have to say and hopefully give some inspiration to others and possibly help others as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. No, we're, we're grateful to have you, man. And uh, I know you're going to have some awesome insights. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So first off, Bruce, uh, I just want to send you continued blessings and well wishes on your recovery. How are you feeling right now?
0: Oh, it's very interesting, Aubrey. Thank you very much. It's uh, nine weeks I had the COVID virus, mm-hmm. and I'm still in what they call shedding stage. Mm. In other words, that my body is still producing antibodies to mm-hmm. combat this disease. The unfortunate part is that the medical community understands something about the disease, but not everything. You know, mm-hmm. for example, about a month ago, my doctor said, probably a couple more weeks, all your symptoms will, will basically go away. Mm-hmm. Now it's a month later, and he says, it could be two more weeks, it could be two more months. We're not exactly sure. But, you know, you got to have positive attitude. And I tell people a lot that this this disease is a two-pronged disease. You're battling the physical situation with the disease, the virus itself. You're also battling the mental part of the disease. You know, why did I get it? How come I got it? I'm a healthy guy. Am I ever going to get rid of this disease? Because what happens when you look at the news and read the papers? What do you see? You know, COVID, COVID, COVID the death rates yep. have gone up, uh, yep. you know, try this drug this week, try another drug another week, you know, so there's a lot of things in the medical community that they're unsure of. And I can appreciate that because it's a new virus. Right. Uh, but I do know firsthand that I've experienced enough symptoms and I've gone through enough medicine, which I'll certainly talk about that on my road to uh, recovery or what I consider recovery, although I'm certainly not a hundred percent there yet, but I'm staying positive and motivated and, uh, thankful that you know a few prayers thrown in there as well so um, again
1: I'm, I'm moving forward right on that sounds great man and and you sound great you look great um and 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 you're right doing the right thing having the right positive mindset uh that is definitely the way to go as as you're going through this so uh i'd like to first uh, cut back to the pre-covid 19 uh part of your journey here bruce uh Are you originally from New York?
0: Right, I'm born and bred in New York
1: City. Nice. Uh, I I live on Long
0: Island right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Been here about 30 years. Uh, I worked in New York City uh, for uh, a Fortune 500 company for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, on my 25th anniversary, essentially they tapped me on the shoulder and said, Bruce, you're the best employee we ever had. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. We're eliminating your job. So at age 50 i got to retire and then i, I worked somewhere else for three years Great. and about three months after that which was in 09 i was seriously injured in auto accident i oh had wow. a spinal injury and uh among other things and i spent three years in aggressive rehab and thankfully to a lot of really a lot i went through i came through a lot of challenges i worked hard through these challenges and uh I recovered as best as possible. Um, And that's one of the reasons I got into stand-up comedy. I tell you, I can stand up. You know, (laughs) that was my my moniker. I said, you know, I worked really hard. Spinal injury was traumatic. In fact, the physician, one of the Mm -hmm. physicians was in a room with me looking at my x-rays and MRIs, and she had tears in her eyes. And I said, why are you crying? Mm. She says, I'm looking at this and either you should not be alive or you should be a quadriplegic. And I started crying. And for the fact that oh my. I am not that, I walk with a cane. I'm livid in a certain right. way, but I'm very active at the same point. You know, my background is in the exercise field, uh, health and fitness. Uh, and so gotcha. that was part of my road to recovery as well. The day I got hurt was the day I started not only my own rehab, but through physical therapy as well. And I continue to do it to this day. And that's actually helped me through my COVID virus uh, situation too, because I started doing self-prescribed breathing exercises. Very good. I really, really, truly feel that's helped my lungs stay clear throughout this whole process. That's one of the biggest challenges with this disease is that I'm sure you and a lot of your listeners know the disease usually takes over the lungs. And once it takes over the lungs, this disease says to the body, hey, I want you to lay in bed, crawl into a ball, and give up. You know, thankfully, throughout the whole process, my lungs were clear and my oxygen saturation was very good. But I didn't take that for granted. I had all the other symptoms, you know, the dizzy, lightheaded nauseous, bad headaches, uh, um, fever, uh, loss of appetite. Go right down the gamut of anything, anything you can possibly think of. It, sure. You know, and, and the first three days are very, very touch and go. And I didn't realize this until after my family told me this, you know, my, my wife and my son would stare at me at night because they were so concerned for me the first three days. Um, but thankfully, I, 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 pulled through everything and, uh, but not without challenges. And there's still challenges and it's still the what if scenario. Um, can I still get it? Can I still get infected again? You know, right. it, Oh, a, in fact, that's an any disease, you know, you, you, you start to wonder. But as I said before, I'm trying to stay very positive, I'm mm-hmm. staying active, um, mm-hmm. I'm on the treadmill every day, I'm walking the dog every day, I'm doing other things, I'm on, I'm doing podcasts like this, I'm doing open mics, I've done some shows, virtual shows. So again, once you keep the mental part going in balance with the physical part, I think it's a win-win situation.
1: Very nice, very nice. And uh, it sounds like uh, you've kept a very bright, positive outlook, and <clears throat> and your wife and your son has been very supportive, uh, very supportive of you as well. So uh, that 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 scenario that you just uh, painted for us, Bruce, where you were just laying down and they were looking down at you, um, with that would you say that would be uh, among, let's say, the uh, uh, one of the lowest points uh, in your time, having this uh, this this COVID uh, nineteen virus, that uh, that that was like maybe the most dire, lowest of, of 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 this of this affliction. Can you paint a picture for us of what that what that looked like?
0: Absolutely, it's it's a, it's a great question because again, the fear was there because mm-hmm. it's such a new disease, no one knew what to do. And to backtrack a little on that, you know, when I first started getting the symptoms, I called up my doctor and they said, well, if you've got symptoms, I don't want to see you. Go to the clinic. Mm-hmm. When I went to the clinic, they met me with hazmat suits in the parking lot and tested me. Because I had some of the symptoms of COVID,
1: That's All right, it.
0: They said, mm-hmm. all right, we'll test you. Three to five days will be a turnaround, we'll get the results. Yeah. They said, take Tylenol. Okay. I had never taken a Tylenol in my life up until that day. I'm 64 years old now. Really? Yes. Oh, and so uh, anyway, so I went back home. I said, okay, I'll try the Tylenol because I was afraid of the disease. I had no idea. Unfortunately, three to five day turnaround took 10 days for me to get my results. In the meantime, I started getting sicker. So I have a friend, a local friend in town. I live in a very small town. It's okay. like almost like Mayberry RFT. Everybody <laughs> knows each other. Very right. Okay, you can walk the streets. Everybody knows me. I called mm-hmm. up my friend, a local doctor who lived across the street. And I said, you know, Dr. So-and-so, I'm really sick. I had the test. I'm explaining my symptoms. And he said, right. I really think you have it. He said, it's a Thursday right now. My office is closed. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring a hazmat suit over to your house, put it on the front porch. I'm going to open my office up. We're going to take a chest x-ray. I'm going to take some blood and listen to your lungs do everything else. But he says, if I find out that your lungs are not clear, that's where you're going. Hospital. Now you're going to a hospital. Okay. Yeah. So that fear was probably just as big as the fear of those first three days laying in bed wondering what's happening to me and why don't I have my results yet? Why am I not getting better? So, imagine the scene now that I'm in a hazmat suit walking through my town where everybody knows me to wow. my doctor's office.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. What a sight. It was like
0: Chernobyl almost. People were, walking, <laughs> they, were they were running away from me. But yeah. again, I was trying, i was trying to think almost seriously, but in a comedic way as well because there were so many comedic Adventures that came through this that probably helped me get through this. And so I'm walking the streets over there. I get to his office. He checks me out, thanks my lungs are clear and everything else worked out well. He says I'm going to start treating you for the disease. Fine. And that's the standard protocol of medicines. And again, okay. I'm not okay. one to take medicine. And yeah. now he's bombarding me with all this medicine. And on top of that, two hundred thousand units of vitamin D a day because they two hundred really thousand talk- right. They felt that vitamin D helps all the cells. It keeps the lung tissue alive. And there's a lot of research on vitamin D. And so working with the local pharmacist and my doctor, because again, it's that small mom and pop town. Right. They, we put together a plan. Okay. And now I had to walk back from the doctor's office in my suit. Now I'm on the other side of the street and people are looking at me. So they're wondering what's going on. So, yeah. Over the course of the next week or so, I'm on these medicines and I'm not getting better. So yeah. my doctor says, you know, we have we have a, a, a decision to make right now. I'm reluctant to do this, but I think it's time you went on the anti- anti-malarial drug.
1: Okay, oh, I've right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And so yeah, I said, he said, but I just want to let you know, there are a lot of side effects to this drug. Mm-hmm. It's really not FDA approved for this type of treatment. If right. you had a particular disease let's say you're doing the anti-malaria protocol you would take one pill a day okay now we're giving you two to four times that a day depending mm. on which day of the week plus pump you with all the other antibiotics and the d oh my okay gosh. plus on top of that i lost my appetite right and i wound up losing seven pounds in the first three days
1: I was going to ask. Okay. Right. Yeah. So
0: everything just didn't, was not falling into place. So now he, he, uh, the prescription was delivered to my house for the anti-malarial drug on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's, the, what's my best opportunity for getting better? And the doctor said, taking this drug. I couldn't get myself to take the drug that Saturday. I was too scared. Mm. That was probably one of the most scared times of my life because now I was more worried, is this going to cure, going to kill me? Or is the cure going to help me? Gotcha. So in lack of better words, I manned up the next day. I, <laughs> I got to do this. Right, and I manned right. up and I got to do this. But the first day you're taking four pills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, That's a lot. I was very anxious that day. I was anxious mm-hmm. the second day. And then I wasn't thinking I wasn't getting side effects. So it eased up a little bit. But when Good. that protocol ended, I was very thankful. Mm-hmm. And now I want to consider myself on maintenance But the trouble with the maintenance is I really haven't felt much better. Thankfully, I haven't felt worse. I -hmm. almost feel, if I can use the analogy, I'm in an airplane circling the Gaudi Airport, waiting for, you know, the traffic control to clear a runway.
1: Right. So I can land
0: and get rid of this disease. That's essentially Mm -hmm. how I feel right now. But I'm dealing with it. I said, I'm continuing my exercise. I'm trying to be a little bit more active around the house. And that was another thing. Look at the mental side of this disease for about... Eight weeks or seven weeks separated from my family. I didn't have dinner with my wife for about seven weeks. Okay? Yeah, that's they, rough. It's like, almost like they're putting the tray under the door and running away, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> a little little funny, stupid stories. I would sit upstairs. And I had the upper part of the house. I'm sitting in a, a reading room, and mm-hmm. it looks out into my driveway. Mm-hmm. And I look out in the driveway. It's nighttime. My wife is walking the dog. Yeah, I'm sitting in a rocking chair with a blanket around me, and she looks up to me and she sends me a text she says, Bruce, you look like Norman Bates's mother from Psycho right now. <laughs> and I said that she's been dead uh, and petrified for two years. It was one of those analogies. <laughs> so again, I can interject some of the comedy in there. Right. But the, the idea is that hey, you know, this is an image that. And I can picture this because I felt like sure. this woman right now, who was sitting in this chair, basically meek and feeble, and hadn't eaten anything, and just right. lost weight. You know, didn't want uh-huh. to read, didn't want to eat, it couldn't sleep laying down, couldn't sleep right. up because I was coughing. Uh-huh. I mean, it just it just compounded itself, and again. I like to interject funny things too as well. You know, with this disease, like everybody else is on lockdown. Right. You know, know, let's face it, your hair, you need I'm not showering as much, I'm not shaving. You know, the thought of getting into a shower was like too much effort. Right. My hair is all over the place. And (laughs) what do I see pull up into my driveway? A mobile dog grooming van. My wife booked a, a grooming session for the dog. Yeah. And, I, again, I, I looked at this, and I started laughing. I said, yeah, I mean, it, that's how ironic things were. You know, yeah. that my my shower was basically putting brute cologne on my neck, you know, <laughs> and spraying underarm deodorants.
1: One know? and done, right.
0: Exactly. And this dog is getting spa treatments, her nails done, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> getting, you know, a oatmeal bath. I don't know what she's getting. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not even getting sympathy. Either.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh man, that's something. That's something. And, and you know, uh, one thing you bring up, Bruce, that uh, that that uh, inspired me to ask you this question here is, um, I know, and we just talked about it you know, um, uh, the low point and the low part in your COVID-19 journey. Right. Uh, and I know during that time, you know, your wife and your son, they they look at you and they see you have no appetite. You're not active. And they're like, oh man, that's not him. That's not, Dad. Uh-huh. that's not my husband, you know? So, uh, what was, what was that one defining time where you started to make a visible turnaround to where, you know, your son would be like, uh, oh, Dad's coming back. Dad's back. Is is there a time like that, that 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 came about? Absolutely. The time came about when I started eating. Right. I Started eating again.
0: I had okay. an appetite. Mm-hmm. And I'm very regimented on my diet. Right. You know, um, um, that's just me for the last sixty sixty years. I just I'm a very I'm a very type of person who's very regimented and not th- big on change so much. Right. I can eat almost the same thing. You know, three, four days a week, and I'm very happy. Drives my wife crazy, but that's another story. Once (laughs) I started going back to that regimen, that was a defining moment, I feel, you know? Good. Also, another defining moment was when I left the bedroom
1: Mm -hmm.
0: upstairs. Mm -hmm. I actually came downstairs and actually had dinner with my wife.
1: You had energy. Yeah.
0: Right. I actually sat on the front porch getting fresh air. Nice. Okay? Nice. Those things, I kind of felt I was entering the human race again. Yeah. That's I look at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but not without the challenges either. I, sometimes I'd go downstairs. I couldn't wait like to go back upstairs. Right. You know, but my son would say, Dad, you got to get out of the bedroom. Got to mm-hmm. get out of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it was getting too easy and comfortable eating in the bedroom, sleeping in the rocking chair. My hours were all screwed up. My diet was all screwed up. Right. Um, once I felt that I was getting back to what I somewhat of my normal diet and had right. an appetite again that yep. was a turnaround because the color came back in my face I had more energy you know and you know so it was a good thing and also good. things started to bother me a little bit more than normal beforehand I couldn't care less about anything you know right right and you know and so it was just it was uh, it was it was I really got to appreciate how lucky I am having my wife and my son, even my dog, honest, this dog wouldn't want to leave my side. He couldn't Good understand why I wasn't walking, him. you know, right, because I'm right. the alpha male in the house when it comes to walking the dog. So right. everything changed around. Yeah, I remember the first time I actually took my dog for a walk and my son came along with me. And again, that's another thing. My mm-hmm. son and I pl- found pretty well, he's going to be 25 years old and, you mm-hmm. know, and that, you know, but I found him wanting to hang around with me more, maybe because he was concerned, maybe because, you know, he, maybe I felt he loved me, which is a great thing. Of you course. know, 25-year-old kids don't come up and tell you they love you, nope. you know, they show it other way. You know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's okay. You know, they, yeah. they, they, tell, they tell you they love you when you play, when they argue with you. Right. That means they're <laughs> listening to you, at least when you, you pick them off enough, you yeah. know, yeah but, yeah, so that first time I had my son take a picture of me mm-hmm. and having a good support network is so is so important, you know it's huge I, it's huge not only my immediate family, my wife and my son they couldn't do enough for me, then I have my relatives, of course, then I have my core friends, and then I have my comedy friends. Yes, and the comedy community really ra- ra- rallied around me as well. That went crazy. out all the comedy uh, chat rooms and things like that. I was getting, right. I was getting uh, comments from people that I didn't even know. Some pretty famous comedians would would pop it in. You know, go Bruce, go Bruce, can't wait to get you back on stage, or whatever nice. it was. Nice. You know, and that was really uplifting too. You know, that I had enough people around me to really feel that. You know. I'm, I'm back in the game, basically,
1: you know. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to yeah. be. And, yeah. and then that defining moment, like you said, you know, where you started to have dinner with your wife. Uh, and like you said, you're, you're realistic about it because, you know, there's still struggles and challenges that you went through, but you started to turn that corner, right? And I'm sure right. that's when your family said, you know what? Dad's going to be all right.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I actually, I, I still had fears at the what if scenario. For example, yeah. uh, last week, I started having some tightness in my trachea, the breathing. Yeah. And of course, that's scary. In the past, I've had the cough, but not this so much. So right. I visited my doctor, and he gave me an inhaler. And good. that was good. But yeah. it was also, I felt a weakness in the sense that I had to go to something like that. Right. But I understand why I have to do that. Again, we're all made up psychologically different. You know, I'm yeah. the type of person who likes to help everybody. I right. don't like to help. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to be the one to help you. And now I'm depending on other people to help me. And right. it's not so bad. I'm calling some of my markers. You know, when I had my car accident 10 or 11 years ago, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the things I used to do for everybody else, they're ringing my doorbell and saying, whatever I can do for you, Bruce, or your family, please let me know. You know, so again, yeah. it's hard sometimes to accept when you're a giver. But it's not so bad to, to accept once you know you need it.
1: Oh, no, I, I complete 100%. I completely agree 100%, Bruce. And, and and you know, uh, I happen to be uh, or have a heart for service where I give a lot as well. And uh, when those rare times come where I need, you know, someone to, to give me a hand, uh, I mean, those are dividends coming back, you know, in, in, in a big <laughs> way. And, <laughs> from a humanity standpoint, you know, I mean, just having that strong support group uh, looking out for you as you would look out for them, you know, when, when they're in a time of need, I mean, it just pays, it pays dividends. So, so let me ask you, um, and I think you mentioned this earlier, would you attribute, uh, the way that you were able to, uh, recover, uh, from this and still going through recovery, um, would you, could you attri- uh, attribute that to, um, to the fitness and the health that you've maintained uh, before COVID-19?
0: Great question. There's no doubt about it in my mind that certainly proper health, nutrition, lifestyle will make a difference. You know, I have several friends who are nurses who've worked in the ICU units where they've seen a lot of the COVID patients. Yeah, There's a typical pattern of people there that tend mm-hmm. to be, Less active, more overweight, hypertense, diabetic. Right. Okay, But that's not the only one. There are people who are very healthy who got this disease. Sure. I'm probably one of those people as well. And I was discussing this walking the dog with my son today. He, he said, Dad, you know, I had a friend's friend whose father passed away, 40 years old from this mm-hmm. disease. I really attribute a lot of the stuff that you've been doing over these years with your diet, exercise, that may have saved your life. I'd like to think it's true. I have no, I have no scientific data to prove that. Right. But I think I gave myself a better chance because during my normal diet and everything, I am taking certain vitamins. And so right. One of those is vitamin D. And again, if it's true that vitamin D really is one of the saviors to this disease, maybe I had a good basis so it kept it out of my lungs. So I definitely agree that there's a component to that. Other parts could be mother nature, genetics, and the man above, you know? So,
1: oh, yeah. Um, the been, almighty.
0: Uh, I don't have the plan necessarily, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to work it the best I can. And I think if you can, I would say if you can control the things that you can control, yep. the rest of the stuff usually takes care of itself. So I'm, I'm doing the best of what I can control, at least on my diet and exercise. In fact, I'm back on the treadmill 30 minutes a day. Not the same speed I used to do. You know, every day prior to this, I was doing 40 minutes, three something miles a day walking. I can't run anymore because of my accident. Upper body, lower body exercises, out with the dog. So at the end of the day, I was doing five or seven miles. Right, right. Now not near that point, but I'm certainly catching up. And I know it's a a slow journey. And uh, as we say, you know, it's uh, life is not a sprint; it's a marathon. So you has got to go long term. Look at the long term. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah.
1: look at the long term. Yeah, you got to have the little wins. And, 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 you know, we have a direction that we're moving in. Uh, We don't have to be so wrapped up in the destination, but enjoy the journey as you're going, right?
0: Exactly. Sometimes the journey may have a few bumps in the road and, uh, you know, two steps forward, one step back. But again, you don't want to give up because as I said before, this disease wants you to give up.
1: Right on. Stay the course, right, Bruce? Exactly. And, and, and you hit the nail on the head of the next question I wanted to ask you. Okay. And it's regarding, it's regarding this disease, okay? Uh, we know this virus feeds on a lot of things. Um, would it be fair to say that this virus, from your observation, would it be fair to say that this virus feeds on uh, uh, our complacency? Or our tendency to be complacent.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, you know, once you you realize some of the symptoms and things you're going through, yeah, um, yeah. you you look back and, and, and say, you know, the way I'm living my life, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, not only you know physically, nutritionally, spiritually. You know just everything that all the relationships and you know it made me want to give back more you know right, uh, right. yeah and uh it was interesting because i did a comedy show a virtual show last sunday mm-hmm. a small show you know it's on you know like like almost like a zoom room you know and yeah, yeah. Uh, and i invited several friends you know and family and stuff mm-hmm. and uh next day, I got something from a friend in town, which I don't hang out with this person. I see him in the street. I say, hello. He sent me a donation of $100. Wow. And, um, it was, I felt weird because I didn't want to go back and say, why did you do that? That's yeah. thing. I looked at it and say, you know, he appreciated what I had to say and what to do, and he wrote me a nice note. So. With that money, I want to pay that forward. Right. Okay. So awesome. I don't need the hundred dollars. Right. He knows I don't necessarily need the hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. He was gracious enough to want to do that because that's the type of person he is. And maybe he felt the relationship that we had was important enough he wanted to show thanks and some appreciation to who I am. Sure. As far as how we developed our, our relationship. Mm-hmm. So when I I felt funny again, accepting it. And I discussed this with my wife and I said, what do I do? And she said, just thank him. Mm, yeah. say, thank you. I appreciate everything. You know, you're a dear your friend, and leave it at that. Because yeah. if you go back and say, hey, what'd you do this for? I'm sending it back. That's not being true to the friendship. It's almost insulting. Right. Well, I figured, and my wife and I agree, there's a way we're gonna pay it forward. How we're gonna do that, there are a lot of different ways. I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. But I know that I'm not spending
1: that money, you know
0: in no. the traditional
1: for sure right yeah. no i yeah i'm in I'm locked up with you i I hear where you're coming from, Bruce, for sure so there's there's a lot of different senses of humor right i mean there people have sense of humors and there's different senses of humor um I don't know if if you can say there's an infinite number of senses of humor, but uh I guess that explains why every comic has their own style. Uh, what I find fascinating about you, Bruce, is is how you're able to strike a balance between your humor, okay, and 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 using laughter to help you through this, and your very realistic view on how scary this experience was for you. Um, was this balance the outlook? You've had the entire COVID-19 journey, and what I mean by that, Bruce, is uh, did you have to adopt this outlook, this mindset, or has this always been a part of your DNA, the core of who you are?
0: I actually think it's part of the DNA, you know, uh, of, of where I'm coming from. Try and see the humor in things if you can. doesn't mean that I'm not scared. I'm not internally right. hurting, you know. Uh, right. But that goes way back to I guess to my father and my brothers. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my father had a very sarcastic sense of humor. My brother, one of my brothers, unfortunately passed away about two years ago. He mm-hmm. had this sarcastic sense of humor, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm not I don't I don't have a necessarily sarcastic sense of humor, but there was always humor in the family. Right. And uh, I felt that that's a good way of coping in a lot of ways. You know, looking at in. you know. Not and you take things serious that have to be taken serious. But at the same mm-hmm. point, if you can find some laughter in it or some comfort in that laughter, it helps out a lot. You know, I I, I use a joke on stage and I say, you know, they all be, you know, obviously I'm struggling a lot. I'm going through a lot of emotions. You know, the fear of dying. Am I? Right. Are these? Is these going to kill me? Is is are the pills going to kill me? Uh, am I going to get better? The biggest fear I had is that when my wife said, Bruce. How would you like if I gave you a haircut? <laughs> and and when she pulled out the garden shears and 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 and, and the electric knife and and, yeah. the, and the poultry shears, it was like, okay, where do you start? Choose your weapon. You know, she said, <laughs> I, I've been watching YouTube videos on how to cut hair. You know, <laughs> and then I, I wrote I wrote a joke and said, you know, I'm really afraid of her using the clippers on me because. Uh, months ago, she groomed our sheepdog and now it looks like a chihuahua.
1: <laughs> Man, that snapped you right back into reality and, uh, and, and also exactly. like, it gave you a whole new perspective, right?
0: Right, right, right. So again, <laughs> I knew I wanted that haircut and how yeah. can I make it sort of funny? Yeah. But then I look at it and said, you know, she spent hours looking at YouTube videos. She went out and bought on Amazon a special Clipper set. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm pretty lucky. I have a really, without even soliciting this is right willing to you know do as I would do for her, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, you know, but I try to interject the humor at the same point. You know.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. You know? Nope. That makes because total sense. It does. And this is good
0: for the stage as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it's it's real. It's real, right? But it's embellished. And there's nothing wrong in embellishing, if I can get my point across, because there is a lot of people out there who don't have the disease or are sitting home, their hair has never been so long, five, six weeks. And they're complaining. These people are complaining. My hair, look how long it is. I I mean, I'm disgusting, you know. And they're complaining about little things, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's a lot more things that people are complaining about that probably mean a lot more. So again, that, that balance and perspective of things, putting that together, and a complacency again. So, you know, can you be happy where you are right now, right. without having necessarily the comforts that you used to have or took advantage, or you took, you know, maybe you, you didn't realize how good you had it, right? You know, you know right. And you still have it good in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, got to learn to be adaptable, and uh, again, that's where the adaptability and the embellishment. I find some of my you
1: I'm digging it. 100%. I'm digging it, Bruce. So there you are up there in Long Island in New York and and I'm down here in North Dallas in Texas. And and so uh, just about every state, Texas included, uh, is beginning to slowly reopen non-essential businesses and companies and so forth. Uh, but Let's paint a picture to give the listeners perspective. can you just give us a snapshot. Tell us what it's currently like there in New York City uh, the streets, neighborhoods shops uh, parks, restaurants, and so forth.
0: Sure, well, at least where I am, essentially almost everything is on lockdown still. Yeah. Um, today, a couple of places have all like a boardwalk opened up in Long Beach uh, in my town last week they opened up the tennis courts the singles only, by appointment only, Mm -hmm. okay? The rest of the parks are not open, the fields aren't open. Certainly, um, um, a lot of the stores that are open are on limited hours. Uh, um, The places like candy stores, again, uh, some have shut down for several weeks. Some of the restaurants have shut down for several weeks and started reopening for takeout only or delivery. And you feel bad for a lot of these uh, small business owners because... You know, you depend on traffic into the store. You depend on volume, and now that the fact that you've had to limit your hours, it makes it a lot more difficult to do business. Right, and you feel bad for all the staff that you used to work too, because they depend on tips. Oh, sure, waiters and waitresses. Um, oh, and then the, the trickle down effect. The food right. service people supply the food. Right, food service people. You know, you can go on and on and on, but the fixed costs of running the restaurants don't change that much. You got to pay your rent, you got to lights on, you yeah. got electricity, you yeah. know, so it's a big burden. You know, and I talk to people in town when I can, you know, um, and even medical people. One of my best friends, a dentist, mm-hmm. you know, he can't go back to work now. Wow. A long time because of obvious reasons, you know, other yeah. people are learning how to work from home, but not everybody can work from home. Sure. Barbershop. You have three barbershops in town.
1: Right.
0: Going back to what I said before, what's going to happen when they open up again? You know, are they going to have special appointments, only one person at a time? Yeah. You know, are there other are, are, are restaurants, are you going to cut the amount of seats in the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Instead of having 80, you have 40. And I look at also my comedy friends, my musician friends, anybody right. who's performing arts, right? Yeah. Yeah, when the, when the comedy clubs eventually reopen, what's going to happen there? Those clubs usually shove as many seats and tables together because they, they want volume there. Oh, they're packed, all, yeah. And that's packed. That's all part of the mystique of a comedy club or or, or concert hall or whatever it may be. That's you right. want to pack those people in because the vibe is there. Yeah. Now you're suddenly saying, okay, six feet apart, that's going to cut the amount of tables down to one-third. Can a club owner make it on that. And it comes into the happens, vibe exact cuts into yeah. the vibe, cuts into mm-hmm. the liquor sales. Yep. That's how they that's how they sustain themselves. Right. So now you're gonna to have to have super headliners coming on these shows because they're not gonna get the, the ravish show like me because I'm not at a high level of comedy. And the headliners are gonna come in and say, Okay, I wanna do a show <laughs> and then and the owners of the club are gonna say, Wait a second, I'd love to have you here, but instead of paying you a thousand dollars for the night, I can only pay you two fifty. Right. Yeah. And now you got. If you don't want it, I'll find somebody else. So it's mm-hmm. it's it, it hit everybody in different ways. I got you. Brand performed on cruise ships. Yeah. What's going to happen there? You know, it's it's really it's scary, and it could be Dallas. It could be New York. New York, maybe it's accentuated a little bit because of the volume of people. Sure. And uh, you know, but yeah, people are getting an- anxious. People are getting anxious. They they're ready. You know. No, I believe it. Uh, they, they want to get back out there. They, they do, don't they. want to practice their social distancing. You know? Right. Right. Um, well, at least in theory, they want to practice it. In reality, they may not be practicing it.
1: No, no. And 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 I think I heard Cuomo or someone mention it, you know, like, yeah, they want to go back and promise to practice it, but when you have people who've been pent up in their homes for weeks, you know, everyone's going to come out in droves, right? That,
0: Right, right. The masses will come out, yep, and yep. and they'll start loosening up their own regimens. Yep, and that could be a disaster. I, I I don't want to be doom and gloom, but potentially once you start loosening up too soon, and something happens, how do you call that back? Right. And, and again, that's why I give him a lot of credit, uh, Governor Cole, because he's really trying to stead- be steadfast and say, hey, this ain't no joke. Right. Not a joke. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. You know, and doesn't mean you can't eventually live a normal life. It just means it's just going to, to take a little bit longer than expected. For example, I live near Belmont Racetrack. Okay, the Belmont Stakes is the biggest oh, yeah. city, horse race. And the
1: ponies, absolutely love there it. There you go. All right,
0: I can walk to Belmont Racetrack from my house. Wow. All right, um, Belmont Stakes is usually like the first weekend of June. Right. They've moved it back to whatever, but nobody's allowed in the stands. Okay. It's not gonna be the same. No. What do you think the Kentucky Derby is gonna probably be the same thing? Nobody allowed
1: over in Louisville. Yeah, Churchill. Oh,
0: right. Exactly. And then the pre whatever. And so yeah, yeah. So every industry has been affected by that. You know, Man. so all the it's vendors, massive. all the vendors who make a ton of money during the during the Belmont Stakes, they're not gonna be there. Right. They're not gonna yeah. sell anything because there's nobody in the stands. You know, it's 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 a new world in a lot of ways.
1: No, you're right, man. You're right. And so, uh, what do you think if you had a crystal ball? Um, would be your prognosis for? Well, let me scale it down. I mean, to 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 say for the for the country or the world would be kind of massive. But uh, let's say the New York economy, right? Everything from entertainment to uh, retail, uh, Broadway, you know, musicals, things like that. What 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 would be your prognosis if?
0: Uh, well, I, I think the most important thing is, you,
1: uh, opinion
0: at least is that you got to start giving people back their creature comforts. Yeah. All right? Let yeah. me back into my favorite restaurant. Let right. me back into my, let me have my hairdresser cut my hair.
1: Yeah. Let
0: me get my back to my foot doctor because my nails are 12 inches long now on my feet. <laughs> right. It was, I, I think they had. there was a, I think it was Magic Johnson or Shaquille O'Neal, one of the basketball players, I forget who it was, posted mm-hmm. something on the internet showing his toenails are like, you know, two feet, I'm making this up, 18 inches long now. You know, because, <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. not exaggerating, but they're so sure. long now. He said, I can't wait to get them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So that's, those are the types, you gotta start giving people back their creature comforts, you know.
1: Yeah. You're just yeah. being able
0: to walk down this, down the main street and go into your favorite store, you know, right. whatever that may be and not have a fear that, you know, there, there's potentially danger there.
1: Well, you exactly. Know? We're creatures for connection. I mean, that's yeah. how we're wired as human beings, right? Right,
0: right. And people are getting creative, you know, like yeah. there's 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 one uh, there's a family on Long Island that just started backyard home movies. Almost like their version of driving movies. Right. They set up two or three tables there, and mm-hmm. they're taking reservations online, mm-hmm. and they're allowing up to three couples to come and watch movies in their backyard. Oh, and okay. Basing and everything, and they're not charging them. You know, the right, right. just they're getting creative. People are finding creative ways to reinvent the wheel. I guess you know because yeah. uh, maybe a, a new game in town or a new wheel here. That we have to just adapt to. And I think if you slowly roll things out, give people their creature comforts, it may help out a lot. You know, at first when this happened, what were everybody doing? Their creature comforts. I want my toilet paper. Right. Everybody's running for toilet. Everybody wants their toilet tissue. Everybody wants their peanut butter. Right. Whatever it may be, that's what's flying off the shelves. All right? Yeah. yeah. Reality. That's right. Reality, do you need as much as that? Probably not. But again, if my creature comforts are being taken care of, I'm a happy camper, at least to start off. With. Then, of well, course, for now, sure. so many people out of work, that, that's another big one. How do you handle all the unemployment? Right. And believe me, I don't have an answer to that. You know, yeah. Yeah. we're retired a long time. I, My son is in graduate school right now. He's got another year. Mm-hmm. He's a teacher. He wants to be a teacher. Of all things, mm-hmm. a phys ed teacher. Mm. So now, how is that going to change? You also lost a coach.
1: Football.
0: Right. Yep. And, and it's a it scholastic sports game. I'm all together now. You know? Yeah. And that's, again, a question I can't answer. You know? And hopefully there will be answers eventually because we know we'll, we'll get over this. Yeah. But life will be different. And that's the reality of the game. I mean, again... I'm not a CSA where I can look into the future and say, okay, right. here's what's going to be. But, uh, I think if everybody tries to do the right thing, stays positive. Yeah. Work
1: out, you know, they have yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree. So what's the prognosis for Bruce Lipsky?
0: Prognosis for me, I would certainly like to think in the next few weeks, I'll be getting better and better and, uh, you know, feel like a human being again, as I told you before. I want to enter yeah. the, end the human race in a way that I feel more productive, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I tell you that I'm doing a lot of stuff online with comedy, and I right. with a lot of my comedy friends who are all the same place where I am. Some of yeah. them depend on that as their career, you know, so um, me, I would just like to, you know, stay focused on getting better at my comedy, getting better, um, just to, understanding, you know, where I've been and where I am now and where I'm hopefully going to be in the future and maybe helping people. And, uh, you know, I, I recently had my antibodies tested and uh, I, my antibodies were the highest my doctor's ever seen.
1: Wow, really?
0: So that may be something for the future when I get completely better mm-hmm. that maybe there's some plasma, plasma donations there to give, help people who are struggling with the disease. I don't know how that works. I don't know when I'll be ready for that, but that's one thing I've been thinking about. You know, How can I, again, pay it back? Paying and it
1: forward, right on.
0: How do I say pay it back? I said pay it forward, I'm
1: sorry. Oh, sure, sure. No, 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 I got you. No, I yeah, got you. Give,
0: give back, pay forward, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually part of the disease, there's a mental cloudiness too, you know. Uh,
1: I heard about that in the news. You know, Something neurological almost, right?
0: Neurological issues, not so much now, as okay. In the beginning Okay. Yeah. I was. Gotcha. I was like, like oh boy! I was a little space cadet." Yeah, oh,
1: wow. <laughs> space cadet. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Not in uh, a good way.
1: Well, no, no, no. Well, Bruce, you have your wits about you now, man, and I really, really appreciate this awesome conversation we've uh, we've had, man. You've Thank you've you. shared some great insights. I really appreciate that.
0: My pleasure. And if you want me back for more, I'm happy to uh, happy to come back.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I might just take you up on that, man. I, I might just take you up on that. Well, I think now is the time for us to transition over to three for the road. All right. So, uh, here we are in our segment called three for the road, Bruce. And in the three for the road, I asked three short, but thought provoking questions. To see if you can answer in five words or less, okay? Uh, you think you might be up for it? Hey, it's worth a try. I'm always up for the challenge. Okay, is that more than five
0: words, though. Oh well, was my, hey, my answer more than five words?
1: Well, no, no, your answer wasn't more than five words, okay. and, and, and I'll give you that one, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, but sometimes. Oh. People get into a groove with uh, giving their answer, you know, and, and they're on a vibe and they're they're, they're kind of like letting it roll and I just let them roll with it. So if it's over five, there's no big deal there, right? All right. All right. So three for the road. My questions are always customized for my guests. So in three for the road, here's question number one, Bruce. If you could sit and have a drink with any comedian living or past, and tell them about your COVID-19 journey, who would it be? Jackie Gleason. Oh, Jackie Gleason, to the moon, Alice, nice. <laughs> All right. Okay, sweetness. Number two, if COVID-19 was an actual person, maybe not a nice person, uh, that you could write a letter to fill in the blank to start the letter. Dear COVID-19. What were you thinking? (laughs) I like that. What were you thinking? That's four words, man. That's a, yeah, you're knocking it out of the park. All right. And question number three and three for the road. What new things have you learned about Bruce Lipsky during this experience? Resilience.
0: And compassion
1: for family. Nice. Resilience and compassion and family. I'm digging it, Bruce. And it really comes down to that, right? right? It really does. Absolutely. Awesome. Bruce, man, this has been a great conversation, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. Aubrey, appreciate, appreciate it, and I can't wait to... Help again, help the masses if I can. Hey, look, we're going to have a sequel, my friend, all right?
0: Fantastic, pal.
1: For sure. And a big thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. Now, some of you may already know and some may not, but I want to personally invite you to our new midweek check-ins streaming live via our Facebook page, R2R Podcast. That's with the number two, R2R Podcast. Every Wednesday at 5.15 p.m. Central Standard Time, This is an opportunity for us to all connect and simply share how our week's going. It streams for a half hour, but feel free to pop in for a minute or two and uh, just let us know how you're doing and pop back out good or bad. We want to hear it. We want to support each other in this community. Hope to see you there next Wednesday. All right, everyone, you know, we're all roadies on this journey of life and it sure feels good having you along with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon.
0: The Road to Rediscovery is an A.J. Shark production.